Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? So many people in this space. Thank you for being here. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world. And welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. I am so excited for today's guest. While many in the NFT ecosystem have been focused on the Ethereum blockchain, other pioneers have been voyaging other blockchains and building out ecosystems beyond. We are living in an evolving technological frontier, and those brave enough to explore waters beyond, like today's guest, are just a reminder of how vast of a landscape we are looking to develop in the new year. A Solana NFT expert at FTX and builder in the space of Solana Monkey Dow. It's my great honor to share the stage with the one and only Solana legend. What is going on, man? What's going on, man? It's awesome to be on here, and uh, thanks for having me. I've listened to this show a lot of times, and now it feels crazy to be on here. Like, Life is stranger than fiction, I guess. Hey, yo, uh, it's an honor just to hear that you've listened to the show. So thank you so much for taking time to come on. And I think it's a, a really important story. And as we continue to hear voices of pioneers in the space, it's important to continue to listen and be curious about things that we don't know or that we're trying to learn about. Uh, because that's what this space is all about. If you're not curious in this space, you'll never learn. So let's take it back to just the first moments when you became curious which is your journey into the crypto and NFT space. Tell me a little bit about how you even got involved to start out um, and were you into crypto before NFTs and how that transition looked. Please just like take us back uh, and tell us a little bit about your journey to start us off. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I guess the first time I heard about crypto was in 2014. I heard about Bitcoin and it was when I was in high school, I was just yoloing some money in and me and my buddies got together some money and bought some an ant miner and like plugged it in at our school for the free power. And we were just mining Bitcoin and we were selling it as we went. So we completely played ourselves. But, you know, that was like the first foray into like a highly speculative thing. We didn't understand anything about decentralization or anything like that. Um, skip forward a few years. I studied finance at university. Um, I guess I just got more interested in the smart contract side of things, like the way Ethereum changed the game in terms of like having these programmable Turing complete contracts that could just basically like divide value instantaneously, you know, serve as kind of a automated value kind of division mechanism was insane to me because I worked in the traditional finance world. I was an investment banker for four years and it was like so complicated to like get contracts papered up to like get legal signed off to get the boards of companies signed off. And then meanwhile, there's like these smart contracts just rip in like money across the world instantaneously. And I was like, whoa, like this is a future of finance. So started holding a lot of ETH 
and you know kind of looking at nfts as a fan at that point didn't have a lot of money but was interested in it um and then i guess about a year ago my buddy from cornell david tison who is working at reciprocal ventures now which is a vc um that invests a lot in solana he put me on solana because one of his bosses had invested in the seed round at four cents so he was like really smart on solana and he showed me you know a little bit about the chain and it just blew my mind like the high throughput the fact that it can do you know tens of thousands of transactions a second the fees just minimal almost frictionless i was like holy shit this is next level so i sold my entire eth bag early in the summer for like you know just aping into solana and i put it all in soul at like 18 bucks and then i discovered nfts and that was like boom like i saw behind the curtain and it was game over like i was obsessed with it i literally started following them talking to people and my life was never the same what happened is i basically found out about solana monkey business and i minted about 20 of them and then i took my entire life savings at that point and i basically put it all into solana to buy more monkeys i basically went in and there was no marketplaces on solana at the time so what i did is i basically went into the discord and i was doing like peer to peer trading like otc for like a month or 3 weeks and basically it was like I grew up playing a lot of video games like old school RuneScape or I guess pre-EOC RuneScape World of Warcraft like all these games I was really interested in like the auction house and like market making and merching aspect of it so like Westrock Bank you guys know what I'm saying like just like shooting the shit like trying to flip items like doing shit like that and trying to convince people like in the trade chat so it was very natural for me to just like switch that skill set over and just hustle in the in the discord so i ended up buying like a lot of top ranked monkeys including like my pfp and a lot of other ones just from the flipping days and i just held them all basically and and here yeah. i am yeah yo this is a crazy story one the thing that i love is the conviction you know like you're you're all in i'm i have a tough time um A lot of people talk about uh, diversifying portfolios, and I love it. I think it's important, uh, and I won't talk badly about it. But I think it's important that you have a lot of conviction if you're going to do it in each thing that you go into. And for me, if I have a uh, if I have a really strong conviction about things, I have a, a tough time just like moving things away from it because I like really, really believe in, in that thing. And I love in your story just like the conviction is very clear. And when you have that conviction, you don't. care about the noise and and the ups and downs because you see you know the future you see what you're trying to build and and man it's insane to hear that you know you just were one of those early the, the early believers and went into it so uh to give us a time frame i know you had posted around august 31st is when you kind of started buying solana nfts which is also crazy it was not that long ago uh were you into the ethereum nfts and in that ecosystem before kind of that transition or was solana really where you you got your birth into the nft ecosystem 
Honestly, man, it was straight into Solana. Like, I was more about, like, the DeFi side of things on Ethereum. I was, like, staking and doing all this crazy stuff and, like, trying to figure out, like, different coins and, like, different flips and stuff. But my, like, the genesis of the whole NFT thing was definitely on Solana. On August 3rd, I minted SMB. And that's the same day I made my Twitter. So, like, I'd never used Twitter before either. And I just started tweeting about SMBs, about Solana, about the Solana ecosystem, like just really bullish posts, but all in the same line. And I like, I just hit 60K yesterday. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I love about this space, we talk about the the one thing that is so valuable is builders. You know, if you have builders in this space, if you look and one thing that I love about your story too is you were talking about video games and wanting to like the joy of like the market making process. Well, dude, you are the market maker for for monkey business. You know, that's a huge that's a huge deal. Just like Pranksy was the market maker back in the day when uh, Board Ape Yacht Club started. He owned so many and he slowly uh, allowed the market to evolve to a place where, you know, that confidence was gained and it kind of flourished on its own. And I just love that story of like you having conviction in something and believing in it and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this for this ecosystem and I'm going to help educate others. Um, what what does it feel like being being able to see the evolution just in the last four months from when you first jumped in until today uh, about kind of the innovation that's been happening in the Solana ecosystem and seeing, you know, the space evolve and grow? It's been wild, man. Like the thing people need to understand about Solana is it's like dinosaur age compared to Ethereum. So all the tools you guys have, like Dune Analytics, awesome marketplaces that are seamless, you know, all this like sales volume, price data, ranking tools, like all that stuff. That stuff didn't exist on Solana. Like when, when SMB minted on August 3rd, there was only like three nft projects in existence and one had come out in like march one had come out in like april and one had come out in like may there was like four weeks between each mint and after smb minted it was 13 days until dgen apes minted which was the next mint so like it's really wild because there was only one marketplace called Solanark, and the smb team didn't really like them because they have done a little bit of sketchy stuff around like, you know, the marketplace also has their own NFT projects and they were just like pumping them really hard. One of them was a one-to-one -one copy of uh, CryptoPunks, which I don't believe in just because it's okay to like, you know, take a proven concept and have an original take on it. But like a one-to-one -one copy is just lame, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so like Salon Art wasn't great. So SMB just basically said, oh, we'll build our own marketplace. But that took like a month. So until then, everyone was in the discord. And every day we had to deal with like butters who were like, Oh, my God, like, this thing's never going to go anywhere. Everybody sell and other, other people like me were like, No, 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 like, this is the first PFP on Solana. Like, you guys don't understand how big this is going to be. Like, you really have to believe and stuff. So it was like that day to day battle with the community. And then like, eventually, we got together like a group of like the biggest holders and, and not even the biggest holders, people who just wanted to see this, like claim its rightful place. And we basically said, yo, let's make a DAO because there's no NFT DAOs on Solana. 
and we'll take that concept from Ethereum and we'll we'll make it our own. Like we'll we'll make a gated community where everyone has to own a monkey. So there's no fudders who are coming in here and just like shitting on stuff for no reason. Everyone has skin in the game and our incentives will be aligned. And then we did, we made the DAO in like August 10th or so, August 8th. So like a week or two weeks after Mint. And it was crazy. Like shit went turbo after that. Uh, Steve Harvey, the host from Family Feud joined mm-hmm. in September. And then man, like the floodgates just opened. Like it was like, every day monkeys were just selling for more and more and on october 1st the the rank one smb the skeleton king sold for 2.1 million dollars which is like thirteen thousand solana mm-hmm. and i know the guy that minted that thing for 70 bucks and he realized a thirty thousand x in yeah. 60 days it's insane so like that shit just blew my mind you know you what i love about this story is just like it 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 throws me back. I love like looking back at history in like the physical world. And you're like the, the, you're like the fucking Christopher Columbus. Just like, you know, there's like, this is this whole area over here. This is great, but I'm just going to go exploring and try to see what I can find. And then you're like hit like this new, new land. And you're like, just constantly trying to evolve and see what it's all about. And I just love it. I think it's, uh, I think it's inspiring. Um, what, what, so you were around and you saw, the Ethereum NFT ecosystem starting to blossom, right? And so my, I envision as an investor, you're thinking, okay, if this is going to take hold here, and I believe in Solana, I think that like we've got to build this up over here as well. Was that kind of your outlook when you started like researching and trying to get into the NFT space there is kind of being inspired by what was happening on the Ethereum ecosystem and then like, okay, how do we get this over here? How did that all happen? 100%. Like the thing, the thing Solana has going for it is that they have an opportunity to build a chain from the ground up, right? And the communities aren't formed. So basically we had a perfect roadmap in terms of being able to look at Ethereum Uh, tools and ethereum projects and say okay this is what worked this is what didn't and we could totally like take a page out of your guys book in terms of like you know building a marketplace what do people want what kind of features are they looking for or in a DAO, what are some of like the friction points and issues that people ran into what do people really care about you know like that sort of thing was huge so yeah i mean there's no question about it like a lot of projects on Solana are heavily based off of Ethereum projects. And like for myself personally, I just felt like if Solana has the opportunity to become a global L1, which I I guess it kind of already is, it was like rank number 12 or 13 when I started. Now it's like number five or or number four, if you exclude stable coins. So like if I, I, I really was just thinking like, the historical value of some of these NFTs, if Solana even claims like 30 or 50% of Ethereum's market cap, will be massive. Yeah, like, yeah, amen, man. I mean, that's what you got to realize, especially as Solana was still evolving. And, and so you're, you're one of those builders. Like, I had a question that I was going to ask you, which because 
um, you know, builders are everywhere. And so you started to see some of the N- Ethereum NFTs over time evolve more because of the builders that were behind them. And, you know, Gary V says bet on the jockey, but they're smart people innovating most definitely. Uh, and so there's it's also the Wild West, though. So there's a lot of NFTs that may not be uh, great. And there's always like this flight to quality. And we're starting to see that in the Ethereum ecosystem where it's like the, the best projects kind of getting the these massive pumps while others kind of stay stagnant. And so one thing that I was curious about is w- how you were looking at it when when you started, if there were certain things about um, the project or the people behind the project that you really liked. Uh, and I'm still kind of curious about uh, the monkey business is, is it sounds like because you were a huge market maker, it's almost like you are uh, one of the builders at this point. But uh, was there something about the people that started it or was there something about um, how it was how it was taken or lifting off or the roadmap that made you decide this was the project you were going all in on? I'd love to hear a little more about what made this project different from all the other soul NFTs, or was it just I can just claim this whole market and make it what I want to want want it to look like? Yeah, for sure. I think it was a combination. Like it was just the historical significance of like I missed. I was like broke at the time. I was just on the sidelines watching. So I just said, okay, this pixel art just came out on Solana. There's these monkeys. They're highly universal. They don't even look like a male or female necessarily, right? So addressable market on this is huge. Everyone I show them to, just like in a lineup off the street, think they look awesome. So I'm not alienating anybody with like an overly Chad design. Uh-huh. And the team is sharp. Like they're not like insane. They're pretty much doing the punks model like they're first and they're pretty hands off. Like they're very cognizant of the premium brand they have and they're not going to dilute it with additional drops or shitty collabs or whitelist or like just scammy stuff. But aside from that, they're not like actively driving value. But I just thought, this is a vessel that people don't realize what they have on their hands. Like this is the first PFP on Solana. So I, I'm a big believer in like active ownership. And like I tweeted about it, like don't expect the devs to carry you to the promised land. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they build a good ship and set it on the right course initially, that's awesome. That's as much as you can hope for. But then it's up to the community. You're the crew. You're going to man that ship and you're going to keep it on that course. Right. It's the only way to drive value long term. Yeah, 100%. And I think um, when you look at in terms of crypto native people, you the biggest argument when it comes to some of the NFT and Web3 is that it's they feel like it's still very centralized. And so I love the aspect of it's like the community has to drive this. But in in terms of the buy in and the work that it takes, it is a very tedious thing. And so you really have to have very dedicated and motivated people in the community to help drive it forward. Otherwise, it does kind of stay stagnant in terms of development. What are some things that you've uh, been seeing? I mean, you are probably one of the biggest builders and advocates right now to help kind of um, elevate this. But uh, in terms of like the metaverse and things like that, are there things that um, you guys are working on as a community to kind of bring the monkeys uh, throughout, you know, the entire NFT ecosystem and kind of make splashes even on, you know, things like the sandbox when when that releases? Um, I'm just curious what you guys are working on. 
Yeah, definitely. I think like in terms of Solana monkey business, they're pretty much in their lane. Like they're not going to do a crazy metaverse experience like the Cyber Kongs or anything like that. Um, it's kind of a shame because they were way early enough. Like they could have taken their treasury and bought like 24 by 24s for just pennies. Right. But um, I, I feel like they're just more on the PFP side of things. Like they, they have so much momentum behind them. They don't really want to complicate their, their value proposition. So, you know, on Solana, like it's funny, you mentioned the metaverse. There's not like a super established metaverse experience on Solana. The, the closest thing we have is a, is a project called portals which are like these party rooms and a downtown that's getting built out. And it's pretty sick. It's like Minecraft style art, but pretty high resolution and customizable. So like a DAO can like buy a big room and like customize it and, and stuff. It's, it's pretty dope. But like there's a few projects on Solana that are making moves in that direction. The biggest is probably like Borioku Dragons, which are like the Cyber Kongs mm -hmm. on Solana. And those guys have bought land in the metaverse. They are working with MetaVenture Studios which is one of the biggest game developers on Sandbox. And like, they've got like Kong's OGs and their management and like, they really know what they're doing. So that's probably like your leading metaverse bet on Solana. Uh, but aside from that, like everyone is doing like VR ready and, and Unity uh, avatars right now. And basically like a lot of people want to move their DAOs to like uh, an actual metaverse hangout, right? And then have the discord be like onboarding only yeah yeah and i mean i love the fact that you this DAO is like a kind of like token gates so that you know you have to have a stake in the game to really be involved in the discussion i just love that aspect uh because i think in order to grow something beautiful you know people that are connected to it are going to be the ones that really can take it to the next level and can really help evolve it um, and, and especially if you, I think something that you are proof of and something that a lot of listeners forget about is, is always a lot of people are asking like, can the devs do something that's become like a, a very like meme-ish, uh, phrase that's occurred in 2021. But, uh, what we, what we have to realize is that in, for true decentralization, the the devs really shouldn't be the focus like the the community if they're not the ones grinding the, then the the project never takes off and the fact that you have grown your twitter to the following it has have helped be a a leading example as a heavy investor in it you know these are the things that really take it off like if you're invested into something uh in which it goes back to the whole level of conviction right like if you're scattered across you have like one a few of these a few of these like you can't like put all your effort into helping build that ecosystem you have to find one that you really truly have conviction about that you can help grow and and so i think that's a, a really important thing in the nft ecosystem even on ethereum that people forget is like what always asking what are people what why isn't the floor going up what what is happening why aren't things happening faster instead of asking you know how can i continue to help spread the word how can i continue to let people know about this and so i just think that's really important i'd love for you to talk a little bit too about in terms of like the nature of blockchain how important it is for decentralization and for like the true value proposition of nfts that we're we as community really are the the power and what makes the ecosystem uh, amazing and and valuable. Absolutely, man! Like you hit the nail on the head. The community is is 
at the core of what Web3 is, right? It's permissionless, but it's owned by us. That's the difference. It's like, it used to be read-only, then it was read-write, and now it's like read-write-own. I saw that from Chris Dixon, oh, that's good. who has some of the best takes on Web3. Like, So that's what I'm saying. Like, It's all about the community taking responsibility and taking ownership. Like, Even if you own one monkey, you're just as important as someone who owns 500, right? The top owner owns 500 monkeys. So like, it's crazy. Like people, people really need to realize that like the world out there, you can go and like, you can change things and you can set things, things up like however you want. And then not, not in like a twisted, like pump, pump and dump way, more like you can build something beautiful. Like the, the monkey Dow, when we started, we were 100% community owned, like to the point that the team didn't know we started a DAO. And like, there was even questions of like, how are they going to react? Like, are they going to make a competing DAO? Are they going to like retaliate or whatever? So like, it was so decentralized that like, the devs didn't even have a hand in it, right? And we didn't have any revenue as, as a result. People were working for free for three months, right? So like people like Jemmy Jam, people like Nom, who are co-founders of the DAO with me, those guys were grinding like, I shit you not, at one point, 21 hours a day mm-hmm. in the Discord, verifying people by hand, uh, banning wow. people that were like spamming random shit, uh, setting up channels, setting up tools, writing like a newsletter, holding spaces. Like, without those two guys, there probably wouldn't be a monkey DAO, right? So like, it's just, at some point in time, people decide we're going to do something special and like, just, just watch us. Like we're going to do it. We're going to manifest the shit and we're going to be the captains of our own ship. You know, instead of waiting, we're going to actually like drive value actively. And like, we really put this shit on the map. No. And I think that's really the beautiful thing. I think, uh, inter, I don't, I can't think of any, uh, ecosystem maybe besides punks, where the community really drove uh, the value completely. It wasn't really the developers at all, which I think, it, and I, I still believe to this day that, you know, in terms of the future of any Ethereum NFT project in the long term, you know, what you kind of saw it at risk with, with the CryptoPunks, uh, and when you're not active and you don't have that, if you don't maintain that strong community or you just assume that you're the best, uh, it can it, it can slide, and so and you could see the same thing. Even though board apes are at the top right now, you know if that if that community and that ecosystem start to transition uh, away from like that tight knit group, then it could fade too. And because the commu- there's not enough um, there's there's not enough attention given to the fact that the most important thing in any sort of ecosystem is the decentralized community that comes together from it, and the dead have to realize that too uh, of these projects and i i do think it's beautiful that like devs are trying to help add value they're trying to help steer the ship but they always have to have that in their in the back of their mind is like like you said like how do we steer this ship to where like we don't have to be around anymore and i think uh once you get to that point where the community is kind of guiding on its own that's like the sweet spot when it comes to nfts 100%. And like, to that point, the monkey DAO has come a long way. Like, we were the first on Solana to have a validator, which is a piece of hardware that costs like four or 5k. 
and you basically just validate transactions and increase integrity of the network. And basically people can stake on a validator and it takes a 10% commission. So like, it's probably like not the optimal stake, but there's so many people that are such diehard fans of monkeys that they just staked a ton of Solana there. And we like broke even right away. We have like 50K staked, 50,000 Solana. So like we were the first DAO to do that. We got like retweets and love from the co-founders of Solana for that. They're like, yo, setting up a validator is so easy. A monkey can do it. And like, we were like making memes about it. And then every other DAOs now are making validators, right? So it's just like really smart people in the monkey DAO, like really, really smart people. Like you've got VC investors who have been seed investors in FTX, Coinbase, Binance, and like, you know, Solana itself. And then you've got people who bought Ethereum at ICO. You've got people who like have sold gaming companies for like $100 million. You've got people who like, produce records for like people that are signed to Atlantic records and stuff like that. You've got artists who have like sold stuff at auction. So it's like this mix of like crazy people that all love monkeys, but we all want to like send this shit as hard as we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a group, it's a collective effort to continue to bring attention to the space. And, and I love that it's uh, a lot of it is so self-driven when you have, like you said, it's kind of like primal in terms of the development of the Solana ecosystem, just because Ethereum has been around longer and, and there's been more innovation because of time. I'm curious um, when you look at kind of the smart contracts on Solana it, in the marketplaces that evolve, are there things like, uh, uh, like the royalties that are happening during transactions? Are there like funds that are going somewhere every time uh, one gets sold? Or is it kind of like Larva Labs back in the day where there really isn't any sort of royalty? So it's all, it's, I mean, that's one of those things about the community is when you don't have anything to fund the de- devs, there's no money the devs are making, uh, and the community really has to kind of step up. Yeah, I mean, there are royalties encoded, but the SMB team only takes like two and a half which is like really low. They also built a low cost marketplace. So like people can trade SMBs on their own website. And like, it's been great because they have low fees there as well. So they've, they've really like not been cash grabby at all. They really have just basically created a leading collection of the world. And then basically just said, okay, this has momentum. The monkey DAO is a super strong community and it's a big driver of value. And they recognize that like we met with them in Breakpoint, some of the founders of the Monkey Dow, and it was all love. Like for a while there, we didn't know what was gonna happen. But when we met them, we realized like we're all aligned. So mm-hmm. that really was like a special moment. Cause they're fully anon. So like the trust for them to us to meet us and then like to give to give us their blessing was like at that moment I realized like we're really gonna make it. And also while I was talking to them like a zero attribute Solana skin, which is one of like the top five rarest monkeys sold for like 6,000 Solana, like while we were talking. So it was crazy. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's that dopamine that hits every time you start to see those big sales and being able to see, you know, what is being built and the power of it is just like the, it, it 
it just there's no feeling that can describe when you build up something like that. Um, it's so beautiful because you feel a part of it and you feel like you're a reason that it continues to go up, which is is a hundred percent true. And you see that with a lot of the ecosystems that are on Ethereum as well. They have leading influencers that constantly are talking about it, and they have a that is an impact of um, people buying because they want to be a part of of you know whatever that person is working on. And so uh, I do have a question because as someone that I explored a little bit on Polygon, so I know the beauty and the joy of gas-free transactions and like the hyper speed. I mean, it was amazing. My biggest issue when I was getting involved and trying to learn about that ecosystem back during the DeFi days was like the step of like setting everything up a second time. Like I truly believe there is an avoidance of you know, just like learning once it comes to a lot of these things. People do, people spend so much time trying to figure out, you know, the, the Ethereum, it's like, now I'm going to have to go through and try to, to, to do this a second time and make this jump over. And so I see you have done a great job recently helping people that are on the Ethereum network, also helping them learn and figure out how to convince them that it is worth your time to go and do this. Like, I know it takes time and energy, but I'd love for you to um, just share a little bit about, you know, what your best practices are when you're trying to explain to someone it is worth the time. It is worth that energy. The learning curve is maybe it will take you a couple more hours of learning, but it, I mean, it's worth that time. hundred percent. Like basically it's really simple because there's an awesome wallet on Solana, which is a Chrome plugin. So it's called Phantom Wallet, and they're just amazing. Like this wallet is all in one. It's like literally you install that thing, you transfer soul over, you can do a wormhole from Ethereum to Solana, or you can transfer from your favorite exchange. And once you've got the Solana loaded up in there, that's also where your NFTs sit, like inside your wallet, and you can view them in there. And right now it's PC only, but in a few weeks, if they're going to have a mobile app, which like I've already used the beta of it and it's insanely smooth. So it's really as simple as getting a bit of soul, doing a wormhole from Ethereum to Solana or just transferring it over and then you're you're good to go. Like you can swap within the wallet, you can use uh, Radium or any other exchange you want. Some are decentralized. Obviously I work for FTX. So like I would say if you have Ethereum NFTs, you can trade them without gas on FTX. So like if you pay the gas coming in, that's the last like fees you'll pay on Ethereum because <laughs> we subsidize them on the way out as well. Yeah. So like I love that. Yeah, I the same thing with Polygon and any I feel like any uh layer 2 solutions it's like once you get into the once you're like in you're like holy shit like this is fun. I don't know I'm not like paying any gas and, and the biggest thing I mean in Ethereum is constantly working to uh, evolve, but I mean, part of the first mover advantage of Ethereum was that, you know, some of this evolution of technology hadn't started. So it takes a lot longer because there's so much in the network now that has to kind of evolve into uh, a faster and cleaner model. And so it gives an opportunity for these new first movers like Solana to say, you know what, we, we're going to be quick. And I'm a true believer that as we continue to grow, you know, Ethereum may it will be a constant like it will always be the first you know of like smart contracts but 
what I think is beautiful is that the, these other micro ecosystems are going to be great onboarding tools because there's so many people that don't want to pay high gas fees and there there's so many people that don't understand why they have to pay this. And so it's just like, it's easy to help onboard people that, you know, haven't been in the space before. And like you said, as tools get better, it's going to be a great onboarding experience for new users in the crypto space. And I think that's another uh, thing to constantly be thinking thinking about is like, I've, I've heard you talk a little bit about tribalism and like people uh, in the Solana space, when people in Ethereum come over at first, it's like, yo, like Solana's Solana's the best. But I think we're evolving in 2022 to realize, you know, like there's so much space and we, we saw it already in the Ethereum NFT ecosystem. I talked about it a lot um, on several shows of like, we're evolving past that. And I think I'd love for your take on how it's important that you know Solana and Ethereum and any layer two constantly are evolving and working together and supporting one another because at the end of the day if we all push forward together a rising tide lifts all ships 100% and there's so much knowledge exchange and knowledge transfer like at the point when you have Ethereum OGs uh, you know like fuck render and all these other famous Ethereum guys coming over the movement's already started and like to your point on DeFi, just because you have a, a big bag of ethereum doesn't mean you can't have your stables in solana or you can't have solana nfts like i always tell people i talk to some ethereum collectors who have like 30 cool cats and like 12 board apes and like eight punks and i'm like dude literally if you take like any one single one of those nfts you can buy like four solana monkey business monkeys and like genuinely this shit could outperform like so hard because it's just so much earlier in the cycle right so the good vibes are always important and i always take time to like onboard people i've spent like hours on the phone with like one dude because he was transferring like 50 ETH to solana and he was going shopping and i was like okay this is a vip uh i'm not doing anything this afternoon and i want to make sure this dude has a good experience because What's going to happen when he goes to his friends and he hits up Billy Big Bags, who has, you know, 10,000 ETH, and he tells them, yo, Solana's sick, you know, then that dude's going to make it rain in Solana. So it's like a multiplier effect where you need to really, like, take care of people and, like, you know, be selfless, and they're going to bring their friends yeah, I'm curious too. As you've seen uh, some of your your profits in Solana Monkey business, and you've seen kind of the Ethereum ecosystem starting to transition, has that um, has that made you look and be like, you know what, I should I should uh, sell some of some monkeys or some some things on the Solana system and show like you know I'm gonna buy a few Ethereum NFTs to show my support over there as well. I'm curious, have you already made that step? Not yet. I mean, I think about it every day. Obviously, I, I would love to get like a board ape or something like that. I think they're sick. And a lot of people, people, a lot of people think I'm like a maxi and they say, oh, your name's Solana Legend. You're probably a, the biggest maxi of all. It's not true, man. Like, I love NFTs. I'm just a massive degen. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love minting shit. I love the rush. I love like the flipping. I love everything about it, the community. So, yeah, the only issue for me is like I'm just too much of like a diehard investor. And I look at relative value, like for my days as a banker, for my days flipping Magic the Gathering cards, like for my days just like flipping up to like a spectral tiger and wow, whatever it is, 
I'm always looking at relative value. So like, I just really believe that Solana NFTs are mad undervalued. So right now, an SMB is like 7.7 ETH. And a board ape is what, like 80, 80 ETH floor? Or mm -hmm. I mean, it goes up so much, man. I'm blown away. But like, I'm just not going to trade, you know, one, one or like, you know, seven or eight or nine monkeys for one ape. It's just yeah. the relative value isn't there. But there will come a day, I firmly believe that it will be like two or three monkeys for one ape. And at that point, you know, who knows? Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I think that, you know, like you said, the, these ecosystems are going to continue to evolve. And I see what you're saying about relative value, too, because it's like you're you're constantly I mean, in any sort of ecosystem, you're trying to determine if something is overvalued or undervalued. And that's a huge factor, especially if you have conviction about something. But I do love and we we've been seeing it more and more of like these um investors that are in these different ecosystems but it's almost like in order to push forward too it's like we're seeing people say you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do this uh act to show and i think the leaders in this space are so important because we're showing and leading and guiding the way we're like watch us watch how we act so you can get an idea of of how this ecosystem works because everyone's watching us you know and i think it's important it, it's it just goes to show too with how you've built monkey business of how important it is to to constantly be like leading and guiding instead of just saying oh it's shilling like i'm the best like we're the best instead you're like trying to provide connections and network and i think that's a beautiful thing and something that we've got to constantly evolve is like we Ethereum and uh, Solana and any other blockchain that's evolving is we're all going to continue to work together to make sure the ecosystems evolve because without each other, like it becomes harder for for all of these things to to happen. No, genuinely, and like people that love NFTs, they're all degens, right? They all made that choice to grab their Twitter and put a pfp instead of their real photo right and that's the birth of another web3 person so like when i went to breakpoint the founder of reddit um alexis ohanian was talking about how pfps are like the the like atomic core unit of web3 and like that shit blew my mind because that's exactly what it is and like that's the same for eth that's the same for soul that's the same for tezos whatever you want like so I always um, tell people like Web3 is Web3. So let's let's be good to each other. And, you know, I'm seeing more and more communities that maybe started on Ethereum, but are now choosing for that collection to live on Solana. Mm -hmm. And it's fine. It's a cross chain community. Like you may have holders from uh, Terra or Luna. You may have like holders from Tezos, like I said, Avalanche, Solana, Ethereum. Everyone loves NFTs. So like why limit yourself and Honestly, like it goes back to like CMS Holdings, who is one of like the biggest and most successful, you know, managers and traders of crypto. And they have a like a quote on their Twitter bio, which is gold, which is like, do you want to make money or do you want to be right? And it's like that the way people get wrapped up in centralization and all these other things, which reality is the common man doesn't care, right? All they know is centralization. So why would you solve for something that people don't care about unless they're like in a niche internet group? Centralization and decentralization is awesome, but we can't lose sight of the bigger prize, 
which is onboarding the next billion people to crypto. Yeah. Amen, man. I mean, I think that's that's the key is like with us in 2022, if we're all very strategic about the, we are, I, I truly believe, especially with the Twitter spaces that we hold, we're kind of the... Um, we're, we're the onboarding mechanism that people are going to look at when it comes to culture. You know, like we are the place where people come to. Like, I, I, I can't believe that one of the guys that started and evolved YouTube, Shay Carl, is like hanging out in spaces and chatting. Like, he is a huge influence on millions of people. And now he's here learning from us and, and he's going to be an onboarding tool once he understands and learns more. And it's just like insane to think about as we continue to help others learn those people can go and they can influence their spheres and it's just like this massive network effect that starts happening and it, it starts compounding so quickly that's exactly what it is and like every day i see some new news item of like samsung starting in 2022 all their new tvs are gonna have an nft marketplace on it and I'm like, okay, well, that's one of the largest producers of hardware in the world. And there's going to be tens of millions of homes with those TVs in them. That's probably nothing. Like, so people just need to wake up. Like, I've tweeted stuff before that I got roasted for. Like I said, at one point that people's house in the metaverse was going to be more valuable than their real life possessions. So many people roasted me for that. But I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. Maybe I was a bit too early. That tweet in 2026 is going to do well. <laughs> I do believe that. I've talked a lot about how it seems like in terms of the metaverse where it's like the Wild West or like um, the gold rush back in the day. It, and if you think it's it, sometimes you have to remind people that, you know, even if you live in uh, the United States, for example, this country is young, you know, it's a couple hundred years old. Can you imagine a hundred years in the metaverse, which is a borderless ecosystem accessible to anyone and anyone can build in? Like, it's insane to think what what can be built. Yeah, it's right now, it's just a bunch of land. It doesn't look like anything. Uh, but the people that weren't making the money back in the day too, they weren't moving to California for the gold rush. The people that see the opportunity were the ones that were uh, making that long haul over to try to explore. And I think that's really, really a, a cool analogy just to kind of think about where we're at because this is the beginning, which is also insane to think that we are literally evolving an entire new landscape and probably the evolution of our own species right now and it's like starting here I, I imagine you think about stuff like that too though it's crazy man like it's really so true and the fact that like people's real life possessions and i'm getting philosophical here but like you're tied to one place right whereas if you can access your metaverse home from anywhere in the world it's not tied to a particular jurisdiction you don't have political risk. Your local government can't raise your taxes. You know, you can flex that infinitely because you, people don't have to physically go to your house. Anybody with a dial-up connection can look at your house. It's a different level. And, like, once people's mindset starts changing a little bit, I feel like they're going to really, like, open their eyes to the opportunity we have here. And, like, you just got to think big. And you got to believe it. Like, if nothing else, just visualize it. Like, I, I love this quote from Andre Agassi, the tennis champion. And he, one time he lost the game like badly to one of his rivals. I don't know if it was like Pete Sampras or who it was, but he basically said, well, yeah, he thought it was his day. And when you think it's your day, it usually is. Right. Mm. So there's a lot of just like speaking the shit into existence at this point. Yeah, you really, I mean, the conviction is like truly powerful. A lot of people say manifesting, which I mean, I don't think you can just like 
create something or like idea something into existence. But if you have the idea and that leads every every move you make, then you you can manifest it in some way because you're actually working and you're like driving to that force. Uh, and so I think that's where like the true manifest manifestation happens. It's not just saying, oh, this is going to happen. Then when it doesn't be like, well, that didn't work. It's like believing in something and then every ounce of you is working to make it a reality. And when you do that, things things are definitely possible. And I think a lot of DJs in the space are just proof of that is because of what we've done, you can kind of look at like I was a school teacher for 10 years. And now like I never have to worry about money again in my life. And I can spend time educating people on financial liberation and, and being able to change their lives. And I think it's a I think that's like the beauty of the space is that we're able to show like a whole new world to people. So thank you so much for coming on. I do have a couple more questions, but I want to make sure that we have time to bring some community up. So if you have a question for Soul Legend, go ahead and hit that request button because we're going to head into Community Corner in just a second. Um, But before we do that, is there one thing moving into 2022 that you're most excited about when it comes to um, the Solana NFT ecosystem? For me, it's just like the major brands that are coming. Uh, like I, I can't announce a lot of it, but there's big names coming, and I just want to see what happens when some of these catalysts get like realized, right? So, like for example, Phantom Mobile. Phantom has gone from the wallet, the main wallet on Solana, has gone from like two hundred thousand users to almost two million in a matter of months. And that's all desktop. So imagine what happens when you've got a top mobile app on iOS and Android, and then we hit 20 million users, right? And what's going to happen when OpenSea drops Solana NFTs? What's going to happen when Coinbase drops Solana NFTs, right? What's going to happen when FTX keeps putting their full force and brand behind Solana because they're one of the biggest champions of Solana in the world right now? So like, shit, we're we're fucking early. That's all I can say. (laughs) And like we're fucking early and position yourself accordingly that's all i can say yeah we are definitely early all right we're gonna bring some people up for community corner if you have a question post it on that second pin tweet or hit that request button get your catnip and questions ready it's time for you to take the stage for another segment of community corner hey ron joran he's up on stage what's going on ron hey good morning crazy carl how's it going today what's up soul legend What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. Hey, love everything that you're doing over there. Uh, you're, you're definitely a visionary of, of sorts um, with the soul technology. I'm, I'm curious, with being such a visionary and always sort of looking to the next best thing, how do you find, what are your tactics that you use to sort of stay on task with, um, with the project that you have going on right now and not get distracted from all of the other um, shiny, glittery things in this space? Well, one thing we did well was delegate. Like, I, I'm i good at, like, networking and talking to people, and I have, like, crazy ideas. That's pretty much what I'm good at. But then there's people that are way better than me at, like, the blocking and tackling of, like, the, the day-to-day running of the, of the DAO, which is, like, a business. There's people that are expert marketers that are super good technically. They can run a validator, right? So it's, like, it's all about seeing who wants to get more involved and then giving them the power and the outlet to do so. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. I love that question, Ron. And I think one thing that you said, uh, Soul Legend, is that, you know, it's all about elevating others. And, you know, any any space that you build, the, if you're building it by yourself, and this goes back to devs currently, if you're building something on your own, then your limitations are are very high because you're not an expert at everything. So if you're able to network and build community, you can truly build things beyond your wildest imagination because so many people are building with you and growing something together. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing in 2022 is like this really, instead of just the devs like doing it on their own, you're going to start seeing certain communities really forming amazing things because of all the skills people have within the community. And I think that's a that's a pretty cool thing that we're going to watch in 2022. So great question, Ron. The next we got up, the artist and designer for NFT daddy's Markedox. What's going on, Markedox? How are you? Hey, happy new year, everyone. Thanks so much, Carl, for hosting again. And so you you truly are a legend. I've been stalking you for like, I don't know, six months. Been taking notes like crazy. And, you know, I've been meaning to ask you this because, you know, uh, I I love Solana. First of all, you know, no gas. Love it. Or, you know, minimal. Uh, and you also mentioned something about the metaverse and I like to think of Solana as uh, not a copy of ETH, but kind of like following the footsteps of it. And I was, you know, my, my question was, it's it's kind of like speculating and maybe, you know, you're an educated guest on how soon would we be able to see, you know, metaverses and maybe cross-chain metaverses into the Solana platform? I don't think a really like fully immersive experience is going to be around this cycle. Like, what we kind of imagine like the ready player one style where like you put on the goggles and it's like it transports you to a different universe for 20 hours that doesn't exist yet but you can definitely like already go into portals and my buddy doc hollywood is on like he he's super tight with the portals team he's bringing major brands to solana so like i can't share which ones but like shit that would blow your mind so already there's something like pretty cool and you can mess around and be really dangerous with it and hang out with your community in there. But if you look at like big engines that are going to actually power the metaverse, like render, uh, that are doing a lot of the graphics behind, uh, you know, game of Thrones, you know, Marvel type high end shit, they're like moving towards Solana. Right. So I think Solana will power the metaverse one way or another. Uh, just because of its features, but I feel like it's a few years off. Like maybe it's a twenty-four event, something like that. May another amazing question. Thank you so much for coming up. Next, we've got uh, the the creator of the Mux Dome. Mux, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming up. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Um, I just uh, just recently published my first collection on Solana, having um, spent uh, most of the year on Ethereum and OpenSea and was um, sort of became disillusioned with the way OpenSea handled its uh, its customer service and sort of verification of their collections. But now I um, most of the followers that I have are 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 from that ecosystem. And I'm wondering if uh, Soul Legends got advice for um creators starting out collections in solana where to um publish news and information about their collections and how to um you know get into get involved in the community i purchased um a plot in solana town which looks very exciting and i'm also curious to hear his thoughts on solana town and what he sees happening there 
Yeah, definitely. It's another emergent uh, like metaverse play. I'm not like super smart on it, to be honest. Uh, I'm like running on a million things at once. But I think to your question about your project, the best thing you can do is get stuck in with the communities that are already established, right? So, uh, you know, hang out with the Monkey Dow guys. If you have the means, get in there. If not, hang out in their spaces on Friday. Go network with the Thug Dow. Talk to the D-Gen Apes. Talk to the guys who have been around since day one and have been building, and they're going to be able to show you the way. If you hold your own spaces and you have high energy and good vibes, you're going to build a community organically. So, like, you know, just try to look at your strong suits and try to build people around you that complement what you have and that, you know, I like the art just based on your PFP. So you've already caught my eye. Now all you got to do is deliver on good value proposition and communicate that clearly and concisely to your community and you're off to the races. Yeah, man. Thanks very much. Very appreciate it. Great space, you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming up. I love seeing more and more people looking and seeing how they can build something different on Solana too. It's a it's a beautiful thing. So uh, congrats too on building uh, a new ecosystem. Next we got up uh, Slimothy Hustle, who's constantly looking to learn and uh, invest in into the crypto world. What's going on, man? Uh, how y'all doing, man? It's very nice to speak to y'all. It's my first time speaking or uh, requesting to speak in your space. I appreciate you bringing me up here, man. Of course, man. I'm glad that you had a chance to come up. Yeah, Um. so uh, basically my question was, because like, I'm real new to like Solana and all that stuff. I'm new to NFTs um, in general. And uh, basically, I'm just trying to like, uh, like uh, I don't know uh, how I be excuse me, how I be uh, getting into all these stuff is kind of, I just kind of like go head first, like dive forward. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like, I don't really need to hear the hype or feel it. Like I'd be so ready to jump right into it. Like, so I make a lot of mistakes uh, quickly, but you know, it's all part of the learning process. Cause I don't really have uh, anybody in my community that knows anything like this. So I really appreciate y'all cause y'all are educated me and I get to educate my people. Um, but my question is that um, for uh, Solana, like, like uh, uh, I don't know anything about it, but um, so I'm just looking for like the basic, like uh, day first day, because I was honestly staying away from them because I I don't have any education on it, so I just would like to be pointed in the you know day one direction of where I could find this information. Yeah, definitely, man. There's guides out there on uh, Medium. Substack, um, different newsletters from people I can I can link you on after. Basically, Solana 101 involves making a phantom wallet, transferring some soul, and then from there you can do mints, hold them in the same wallet. It's super fast. Um, average fee on Ethereum is like, well, like 40, 50 bucks. That lasts you like 15 years on Solana. So <laughs> it really doesn't take much. Uh, yeah, no disrespect to ETH. I love ETH. No, I mean that's the beauty of Solana is the is that that money the gas money can go a lot farther. So uh, that's amazing. Yo, thank you so much for coming up. And if you, Soul Legend, do post a couple articles because we have so many people in this room that are probably learning, uh, I will make sure to retweet and we'll make sure to get links to everyone that is interested in kind of a tutorial of a how-to to get started. So thank you for that push. I'm glad you came up here to ask for that. Next, we got up uh, a, another a huge friend of mine, a chief NFT curator, Degenerate Crime. What's going on, Crime? Yo, GM, GM, boys, how are you? 
Great. Doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Happy New Year. Um, yeah. So I am an ETH maxi. I will preface with this. But I have dabbled in the soul. Um, I have minted some things and had some fun. A couple rugs, but, you know, that's on both chains. But uh, my main question is, you know, uh, as far as scaling and volatility of the gas transaction, sort of perfect uh, from the last conversation, the last person on. Like, is it is it is it going to be scaled forever, like that low amount that you get? Or is it just that there's not enough people yet? And Seoul may see some issues where gas prices go up. You know, I, I'm really just uninformed. And maybe you know better than I. Yeah, well, pretty much like it's in beta still, right? So the 65,000 per second or whatever they're realizing today, like 40,000 per second. This is just the earliest iteration. It's meant to scale into the hundreds of thousands per second. So truly there's enough throughput to run run everything on the single shard with composability and interoperability. And then as far as the gas fees go, it's going to pretty much stay flat, man. It's going to be like a fraction of a cent, maybe up to a cent per transaction. But it's uh, pretty much here to stay. Sweet, and, man. That's awesome. Really and, cool to hear. I know crime too, uh, you're into the engineering side doing smart contract work. And there are articles out there, especially with some of these uh, of like the, the tech behind it and the reason uh, what they've evolved from basically the Ethereum ecosystem. And so um, I, I know I, I'm not like, uh, I understand uh, some of it, but I'm definitely, you would probably understand some of those articles more as well. Yeah, there's definitely like a big issue of, of artists trying to join in the space and like, you know, obviously trying to build on, build out on the uh, Ethereum network because I mean, that's just where the most eyes are. But yeah, I definitely think there's a ton of opportunity for like artists, photographers, creators, everybody sort of jump on a chain that's like you said, scalable and yeah. will be remaining scalable. So awesome. very interesting stuff here. Thank you so much, Crime, for coming up. All right, we're going to do one more question from uh, Nifty Niles, fellow gutter cat. What's going on, man? GM, GM, Crazy Carl, Soul Legend, and Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year man. All right. Hey, um, really, really fun conversation to listen to. Um, yes, yeah, a legend. I've listened to you a couple, a couple of different places. It's always really fun. Even when you, even when you uh, go a little bit philosophical, um, I, I really actually enjoy when you go a little bit self philosophical. Um, so, so I'm actually gonna gonna ask a somewhat philosophical question. Um, but, it, but it is really truly like foundational to like everything that you were talking about with like onboarding and spending hours with people onboarding and 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 Carl with some of your talk about like um you know the, the rising tides lift all ships. Um, good job nailing that, by the way. Um, after uh, after yesterday's, <laughs> dude, I was um, so pumped when I said that. Right? <laughs> um, you kudos. Um, so hey, I, I'm 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 in the Pacific Northwest, and 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 I one of the things I really enjoy about Seattle history is is how Seattle kind of came to came to be. And it's just like, I think about like these times where like in like the 1880s and the 1890s, like gold prospectors in, in the Klondike, like they showed up, they showed up like at a dock in Seattle in like late, in like the late 1890s with like a horde of like gold miners with like bags and sacks and boxes of gold and like the newspapers like spread word of that. And people started to like flood into Seattle. And like, and, and even though, and, and then like Seattle, like rebranded as, as this like place to like outfit, like the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the, the Klondike gold rush. 
And there were so many, like there were businesses that were formed. It was around food. It was around equipment. It was around transportation. And that's really like the history of like how Seattle came to be. Like there actually wasn't that much in Seattle because the, the timber lines like that were supposed to go to Seattle, like from San Francisco stopped in Tacoma uh, a couple hours short of, of, of Seattle. And, and even though like only a handful of people really like struck it rich in that gold rush, like that was able to like trickle down into like the rest of this economy. But like, but, but miners like really like for a lot of them, it wasn't necessarily about like getting, getting rich, even though that was like seemingly the promise. Um, a, a lot of it just, ended up being like pride and like hardships and challenges and, and, and people like coming together to just like kind of pursue their dreams and change their, and change their situation. And so like so many people came back to Seattle from, from the Klondike gold rush and, and they stayed just simply because of like the bonds that had been formed. And so, but, but ultimately like the allure was still those bags and sacks of gold that showed up on, on the shore and spread in the newspapers. And I feel like there's so many correlations to like what we're seeing in NFTs, whether it's like, you know, 1500 ETH sales on, on, um, on, on M3, you know, on M3 serums um, to, to so many more examples. And, and I feel like being such an advocate for both building and onboarding, how do you really kind of like find strike that like balance between like, Hey, like this is really an opportunity for you, whether you're a builder, whether you just want to collect, whether you're an investor and like to potentially really change like your situation, but also acknowledge like, Hey, there are going to be some people that, that, that don't. And maybe it's the people that join later on. Like, you know, we don't know where that's really going to land. Like, but there are going to be some people that, um, that, that don't really change, you know, aren't really able to change their situation, but, but still are able to build really incredible things for this, for this community, depending on what they put their effort into. So I'm, I'm super curious, like you can kind of like take that whichever, whichever direction you want, but I'm super curious on like the, like the balance you find between like, Hey, like there's, there's an opportunity to really like make something for yourself here, but there's also really an opportunity to like make something for, for other people. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, I think the second part of that story, if I'm not mistaken, or the one I learned in business school, at least, is that the people who made the most money were the ones with department stores selling aprons and shovels, right? And and pickaxes yeah. because they profited whether people found gold or not. So that's that's the first lesson. Build something that everyone uses and that's central to the space and you're going to be sitting pretty. <laughs> but the second point is definitely, like, don't forget about learning. And I dial into spaces all the time. And I listen to OGs who have been around Ethereum since the first days to hear their perspectives. Uh, and it's about like taking what you know and having it transfer, right? So for example, uh, the famous um, industrialist tycoon, Cornelius Vanderbilt, he had a shipping empire before he had a railroads empire, right? And he basically took his entire know-how and skill set from the ferry and shipping business, sold his entire fleet and rolled it over into railroads and just killed the game. So that's something you can do with NFTs as well. You can learn a bunch on Ethereum. Then you can go to another chain like Solana where there's green pastures. There's no competition relatively. And you can crush it as well. And one day there will be probably a better chain than Solana. And I'll probably move there and try to do it again. <laughs> I love that. That's a that's the true vision of a an innovator and a visionary is just constantly looking for those next opportunities. I love it. 
All right, man. Thank you so much for coming. I know we're going to get um, some pinned tweets. Also, Niles, I want to uh, thank you again for that history lesson, too. It's just so crazy how um, how some of these analogies back to our physical past uh, will be very rele- relevant to our uh, future uh, technolo- technological present and future. And so I think, I think it is just fascinating to kind of make those connections for people that haven't made them uh, quite yet, because I, I think there's there's a lot of truth in it so thanks for thanks for going over that um but Sol, thank you again for coming on we're going to make sure to pin those tweets so people um can continue to uh learn and we're going to get the links out about the solana ecosystem in, in the true spirit of of what i try to bring to this show which is just constantly um bridging the communities within ecosystems and and i did it uh on my show i don't know if you i think you uh w- knew this but Klon, which is a cool the cool cat creator came on the show and i uh i had offered him to trade for for a gutter cat which i also made a trade with um i made a trade with uh Farouk for a gutter cat and when you talk about value proposition i think gutter cat gang is still one that uh, has a lot of room to grow so i uh i would like to ask if you i do not have any soul nfts um and uh, the floors are fairly similar right now between Monkey Business and Gutter Cat Gang. So I was curious if I hit up your DMs later, if you'd like to, to, to make a trade so we both can get into each other's ecosystems. Unfortunately, no, dude. I'm paper handing these monkeys until the end of time. I always <laughs> joke about it. I've got like 30 monkeys and the supply is 5,000. So I tell people the supply is now uh 4970 because these are never coming on to market good luck boys that there there you go solana legend man thank you again for coming up thank you for um helping educate people and thank you for being in in the community i think uh we're going to continue to help learn and educate and hopefully bridge communities further uh as we continue to explore these new worlds thank you so much for everyone tuning in and let's continue to build the metaverse together this has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs>